You hear all these people talking about having a sustainable business, but what does that even look like? Come on inside. We're looking at one version of a sustainable business today in the cafe. It's time for the Growth Strategies Cafe podcast designed specifically for female online business owners. I'm your host, Teresa Cleveland, and I believe we can all make a difference in that having a successful online business is one of the best ways to do that. Let's be real though, growing an online business isn't always easy, it definitely doesn't look sexy all the time, and it's one of the most fulfilling endeavors you can take on. There are no secrets to building a successful business, there's just the stuff you don't know yet, and we'll be talking about it all here in the cafe. Whether you're on your way to six figures or beginning, on, you are in the right place. So grab your favorite beverage and pull up a chair. Let's get to it. Happy New Year, Teresa Cleveland here, and I'm so happy you stopped by Growth Strategies Cafe today. Last week, I shared that my word of the year is sustainability, and that it's a perfect fit for me, like in my whole life. Now, I'm going to share some more about what that looks like for me personally and Growth Strategies Cafe at the beginning of February. First, I just want to take a minute and acknowledge that sustainability looks different for different people and different businesses. Each of us are individuals and we have our own walk in it, the journey that has gotten us to this point in time. So all of that comes in and it really does come down to the details. I suppose if there were like a high level formula, because we love formulas, right? If there was a high level formula for sustainability, I feel like it would be observe, create, test, improve, launch, and improve. (laughs) So let me tell you. So first we observe the situation or the problem, right? We see there's a need, whatever the case may be. And then we create a solution. Well, then we've got to test the solution to see if it works or not. And then we're going to improve it if necessary right then and there, just based on what we've seen. But then we get to launch the solution. We really get to put it out there And then we improved based on feedback and our own observations, right? Now, this applies to just about everything when you think about it, whether it's a new dish you're cooking for your family, because Lord knows they're going to give you some feedback, skiing, some other kind of hobby, gardening, parenting even, right? You try it, you do the best that you can, and then you step back and it's like, okay, let me observe this and make improvements where, where necessary and do it better the next time. And yes, even our businesses. When I think about sustainability in business, my guest today is always one of the first people that pops into my mind. My friend and mentor, Natalie Gingrich, is the creator of the Director of Operations Certification. She saw a problem and she created a solution. She tested it. She launched it and improved it and improved it and she continues to improve it. And that's why she's been able to successfully launch a beta and 12 different cohorts along with her 13th cohort opening for enrollment as you're listening to this. When I reached out to Natalie to see if she would take us behind the scenes, pull back the curtain and let us see what that journey looked like from the beta and even figuring out that this was her thing. Well, she happily agreed. And I so appreciate her transparency and her spirit. Just she wants us all to be able to grow and thrive. Now this business for Natalie is her legacy and making an impact in the lives of others is a huge, huge driver for her. Without further ado, here's my chat with Natalie Gingrich. 
Natalie, it is so wonderful to have you back. And as my first guest of 2022, thank you so much for being here. You're an incredible human. And I really do appreciate you coming on so we can chat about hashtag all the things. Oh, Teresa, thank you so much for having me, friend. I, of course, love spending all the time. If you guys only knew, we could spend like a whole day or a whole week just chit-chatting. So I'm glad to bring it here so other people can hear our chats. We'll have to do an episode from the beach sometime. (laughs) I'm serious. We're both big beach lovers. So that should be in queue. Okay, let's talk about this is the thing when I think about you, I think a lot of things like I do think you are an incredible human being and your love for people and what you bring to your business and your communities. And I don't know that everybody knows. I I think everybody knows you as the DOO, the um, ops authority, right? And director of operations for those who are new listening. And you also have the hiring authority. Correct. Tell us a little bit about that real quick. Yeah. In its origin, I was helping, you know, part of my, as the leader of the Director of Operations Certification Program, I'm developing talent and helping women to see how they can use their operational skills and either build businesses or enhance their careers through those operational skill sets that we so often just take for granted. And then as I was doing that, I was having conversations with business leaders who are eventually are going to hire these directors of operations. And so in just in process of doing that, they would come back to me and they would say, oh, well, I want one of those. And so it's just not that easy. (laughs) And what I found is anytime I would just say, oh, yeah, Teresa would be great for that or Sally or Jane or Betty, they would be a great fit for you. I made that mistake one too many times where I would make some recommendations. They would go into partnership and those partnerships would fail. And I, being a two and an empath, would feel like absolute poo when that happened. So because it's a big disruptor, we all know that it's a big disruptor, not only for the business, but for the operator who has to go through that quote unquote breakup where you start to just question yourself. And I wanted to preserve both parties as much as possible and still be the conduit to helping businesses understand how they could utilize operational talent at any level, whether it's a director of operations or an entry-level ops assistant, either way. So legalities made us create two different businesses. And so we have a full-on hiring agency that comes in. We place about anywhere from 75 to 100 roles. Um, That's what we've done in 2020 and 2021. And we're really focusing on operational talent. Now, we used to kind of do all the things and hire for all the people. And as we just started to reflect and see what we're good at and what our strengths are at, we just said, you know what, we know ops through and through. Let's just focus on those. So that's what we do inside of the hiring authority. That is so incredible. And I love that it was an opportunity that showed up. You recognized it. And like so many things, it didn't start out as what it is today. (laughs) Right. Well, I started doing like the hiring process that I teach inside of the DO certification. I started doing that kind of for free as a favor for these new friends or old friends that I was making that were visionaries of companies. And then I'm thinking, wait, this is kind of silly. Like, why am I giving away, number one, the IP, but number two, all the time? And it was in the vein of trying to help them. And at the same time, it's costing me a lot of time. And so I was like, ooh, I should put a fee to this. And then, you know, I came from a background in HR. And so, you know, some of the things that we do is hiring doesn't vary massively 
from one solid institution or organization to another. Like there's not a ton of differences between it. We have a few nuances and every company does, but I needed to get, you know, as a good business person, I'm like, I can't be giving away this time and all of the intellectual property that's going into this. So, you know, let's make this a solidified offer. And when we did, that's when it became apparent that we needed to truly have a dedicated team and effort into that specific promise. The promises are very different between the two companies. So very much so, but I love that. And I think that's important for anyone who's listening is when you see yourself, things that come naturally to us and you're spending time on because you just love doing it and you're good at it. And, you know, just keep an eye on that. Where are those things showing up in your business that you're just doing for free? Because there is an opportunity there and it's not greedy and it's not anything else. This is your time. This is the energy that you're putting into it. This is your gift and talent. Go ahead and put that in and see if that's something that you can develop a service for. Okay, I'm going to expand on this really quick. This is completely unplanned. We're just having a conversation here, but something that popped in my head, like just seeing your natural skills. I remember I had just left, actually, I was still in my corporate role. And one thing I love to do was to plan parties for my kids. Like, I mean, Pinterest was like, it has evolved in my lifetime, in my adulthood. And so I was all about Pinterest and I had these cute, adorable babies. Now I would have these just killer parties, of course, completely inspired by Pinterest, but they were awesome get togethers. And before you knew it, my friends were saying, Hey, Nat, would you come over and plan this party for us? Like, I want to have a party like you did for Zachary or for Emery. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'd love to do that. So all of a sudden... I'm creating Pinterest boards. I am doing all the things that I was doing for my own. But my husband's like, hey, uh, you're spending a lot of time on little Joe's party over there. Like, you know, should you be doing this as... But but that's a great example. Another example of two things. It was coming natural. I was giving my time away to do it. They would have loved to have compensated me for it. I just didn't even know it was something that was really valuable to them. It's something I loved. I was passionate about it. So. When I truly exited corporate, that was my first thought was, you know what? I'm a great party planner. I should do this stuff. (laughs) Um, Thank goodness I didn't. But what it also, when I was going through that in my evolution from exiting and, and really starting something completely new, when I was on that search of like answering the question of what am I really good at? Like, what do I do? Honestly, Teresa, party planning came up. And you know, behind all of that party planning is excellent project management. Yes, it is. <laughs> a lot of creativity, but really the project management thing. And so, yeah, I'm just, I, I love helping women to see, to uncover, kind of in the exact same story I just shared, but uncovering things that just come natural that we take for granted just because it is the way we are or it's the passion that we have. And being able to say, oh, I can actually monetize this and do this for much more than just my friends. Absolutely. And you know, when you talk about the project manager, because that's the last thing you need is the horse and pony to show up three hours after the party's over. <laughs> so as we let's get back then, I, I love that you have just kept an eye on those things. And you are when we talk about the Colby, when it comes to an action taker, you're a two, right? Three, three. Three. I knew it was down there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I like that because you really look at everything and you survey things and you're very good at holding and watching and then speaking. Whereas, you know, I'm like, ah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so with that, I look at, I want, I definitely want to talk about the uh, director of operations certification because it's near and dear to my heart as so much more yours. You're now getting ready to launch your 13th cohort, like yes. one, three, like you've got a teenager here. <laughs> That's a great way of looking at it. <laughs> yes, yes. And we are definitely evolving as a teenager would. But yes, Teresa, we're on round 13. And I, I have not taken, thank you for saying that, because I haven't taken the time to just kind of digest. We're so passionate about the delivery, but the number really hasn't been in my face. And when you said 13 and teenager, I'm like, oh, we have right? done this 13 times. I mean, that's exciting. It is exciting. And so this is my word of the year this year is sustainability. And it came to me late November, early December. And I was like, oh, well, of course, you know, the first time it came up, I'm like, okay. All right. And, you know, went on my way. And then it came up again several times in different situations. So I look at you and I think that's one of the things of the many, many qualities that you have. You know, when we talk about the parties and doing all of that, you're so good at nurturing community and having people to be able to have a great time. And, but that's how you do life, is what I've seen. So, you know, in whatever community you're in or you're building. Sustainability, though, is huge when I think of you, because if we can go back and you had a beta before you actually (laughs) did the thing. So let's like go way back there. And let's talk about that. You know, what did it look like? How did you know, like we try a lot of different things. How did you know that this was your thing? I validate it with the clients first. When I saw that my existing clients were like willing to share me. They were talking about me to their friends. They validated that I was really important, necessary in helping them to scale their businesses. I couldn't even say those words. I wouldn't have given myself that accolade at that moment. I was just doing what I was supposed to be doing. But when clients started telling their masterminds and their friends, hey, you need Natalie. And I'm like, whoa, I don't have enough time. And they're like, oh, you know what? I'll move down so that I can share you. And I kept thinking, can you guys just not find people like this? Like I cannot continue to work like this. And I also, if I've been growing your business, I want to stay dedicated to your business. I don't want to share, you know, if I share, I'm I'm worried that we're not going to have the same growth that we've been able to do together. And so that gave me a lot of conviction, Teresa, when it was like, oh, you know, they would come back and they would tell me kind of horror stories. I hate to say that, but like how people presented themselves. And I was really, really new. I was going to say relatively new, but that's not even true. I was very new to the online space and to a bunch of virtual work. And you know, the reputation of virtual work was pretty sour. And I'm not saying it's extremely different than when it was when I entered six years ago. But there was this level of discomfort that business owners were having about allowing somebody to come in at that strategic level to truly be able to guide them. They And I do believe that the leaders have evolved to wanting to accepting more strategic guidance. I think that that has come a long way. But where I saw the deficit was like, wait, y'all can't find people to actually do what they say they're going to do? Like, what are we doing here? You know? So, um, and then on the flip side, I was talking to people in these Facebook communities that I was meeting and I had no problem hopping on for a 30 minute coffee chat. And I was meeting people who were like me. I'm like, if you're good, you know, if, if, if you have a certain skill set and if you're honest 
and will serve people in the way that you promise that you're going to serve them. Like you, you can be successful. Like I don't care if you're a social media, I don't care what your title is. There is so much work out there for people who truly deliver on what they say. And I've been obsessed with like the way that we deliver. I do my best to spot like in general, whether that's in me building my team and building somebody else's team and pulling somebody into our DOO community. I look at how they deliver. What's their reputation and delivery? Because that was a big, big problem and a big bruise that virtual support, the reputation of virtual support, and it's still there. It's still there. You know, we hear of people ghosting. We hear of people who just won't have the hard conversation. So they just leave. We hear of people who break contracts. And I saw that not only could I help people to deliver in the hard skills, but I could also help people if, if they were having a hard time with these difficult conversations. Let's just talk about how to do that. You know, it's not hard to me, but it's not a natural skill for me either. I mean, I don't just sit around just craving hard conversations, <laughs> but I also would never just like abandon a relationship. The confidence I had to walk into this was there was just a validated need. People, I mean, the clients were ready to share me with their friends. And they could not find on their own terms, they couldn't find people that would deliver at the level that I was delivering at. And so I was like, you guys are false. Like there are people out there who can do this. I'm talking to them. And, you know, that was really the impetus for putting this together, for making this a certification. I love that so much because it is coming together and having that community. And one of the things that I always tell people about with the certification is the community is beyond what you can imagine it is. Just the caliber of women that are in this community. And we get each other. And being able to do that makes us all stronger, which then makes us stronger for the clients who need us and to have that brain trust of people, you know, that we can say, hey, who knows this? Or does anybody have this? Can we talk about this? And it's phenomenal. Honestly, so, we have employee employers who a gentleman was just asking me the other day, like the thing I love about this is that he's putting his ops person into the certification to, you know, to gain skills. But he was like, the big win for me is she's going to have this community because right now she comes to me asking me these questions. And I don't really know. I'd love for her to have a place where she can ask her people. You guys can kind of help mentor and solve the problem it's a win-win for him. So that's a really strong point. Absolutely. Congratulations. You were just featured in Forbes. Was that something that was running through your mind back there? Like, oh my gosh, one day I'll be in Forbes. No, never, never. No. <laughs> what are my accomplishments? I actually, it's not even something that I have been like looking for. Like I'm not someone who needs that kind of external validation. Some people really are. And I've helped plenty of people to find the right publicists to get them into the publication of their choice. It just was not anything. It's, ex it's extremely, I'm proud of it, but it's nothing I was necessarily like looking for because again, I really care about, I'm more focused on the community and the delivery, the way that we deliver for our students, the people that trust me. But it also shows that, you know, marketing is not my strongest point and certainly being in Forbes helps us to be, you know, more or well, more well marketed. Is that the, mm -hmm. that the right way to say that? I'm just hyper-focused on the delivery more so than getting in front of people, which I've always got work to do there. All right. So back then with that beta, like what were your thoughts? What was going on? You know, you hear people like in series that are now on season 42, you know, and they're like, yeah, I never thought this would fly. But what was going on back there? Because I know leading up to that, you had tried a variety of things. 
you know, which I want to say is fabulous. I still want to normalize that being okay, rather than people saying, Oh, my God, look at her. She's so wishy washy. She tried this, she tried that. Oh, God, what's she trying now, right? In this world that we live in, we have that ability to be able to try the things to find what fits. When it came to you've tried these things, and you now landed on this. And what was that thought process like back then? Yeah, I knew it would actually be something. I had no doubt, not to be overconfident, but I knew that there, just because I was truly a service provider back then as well. So it wasn't like I was doing something that I had never done before, that I was talking to somebody that I didn't understand. Like kind of the market research was already done because I had lived through that and and was still living through that, to be very, very honest. I still had clients at the same time I was starting the certification because hello, revenue. (laughs) And I had very strong confidence that this was going to be very, very helpful on both sides, both for the businesses and the economy, as well as for these women who had the skills, who probably didn't see the skills that they had and how valuable they could be. Of course, I didn't know how it was going to all come together. And I was very honest with myself that this was really going to be massively iterative. I was going to evolve. And I think adaptable would be the word if I had to have a personal trait. But that has carried me through corporate, through education, through healthcare, through all of those, you know, like nuances, you know, if there's an opportunity and feedback, of course, feedback can sting sometimes. But for the most part, if you detach it from yourself, I love hearing what people have to say. I'm a problem solver by nature. So, ooh, they give me something and I kind of dissect it. And of course, there's a piece of that is like, is this real or is this not? Is this, you know, one-sided? Is there a theme in this? But I knew it would evolve. I knew it would take on a lot of of different iterations. I also knew that I wasn't going to solve all the problems. And so building a community that felt safe with giving me this information and this feedback was going to be crucial because I was just one service provider, just one operator who had had, you know, a dozen different clients, but that was just a dozen in the land of 5.2 million small businesses, right? Like I knew that the sample size was really low. So I'd say that I was really, really excited to kind of put it together and just see what have the idea validated. But I felt really good thinking, knowing, having a lot of confidence that it would be well received. Nice. So then you get through the beta and you're like, okay, I'm going to launch this. This is like the thing. And I don't know about you, but when I hit that inner button, right? (laughs) That makes it all go live. You're like, oh, shit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So as you did that, and you went through that first cohort, what was going on? I'm sure things came up. And adaptable is a really good word for you, because you do just roll with it and say, oh, and you don't take it personally. Because I was in round two. So we'll talk about that in a second. But round one, like, as you were going through it, like, what is the thought process? You know, did you have moments where you were like, Oh, wow, we know this is not what I thought it was going to be Were there doubts Were there, you know, like, Oh, my gosh, what am I doing here? Yeah, I wasn't really rigid with programming. So I would say from like, even going into one and one to two, I was teaching, you know, I, I had to be very lean, I wasn't making a lot of money to invest in a team at all. By the way, I was a team of one and I still had client work and I was just really flexible with the way that we delivered it. And I taught everything live, right? I did everything myself. That allowed me to move very swiftly, even between one and two. I can't think of a round between 
beta and 13 where we haven't made some changes. And of course, earlier, I would say between beta and six, we saw the most significant changes because our, well, for lots of reasons, it was brand new. I was doing it myself. We as a team and as a business and as a brand have evolved a lot between, you know, four and 13. So I've got a lot more support, but we made a lot of programming changes a lot significant programming changes in those early days. And I knew that the programming would change. I never felt like glued to it. I knew that we would continue to make it better. But my big goal at that point, Teresa, was showing up and not holding anything back. When people ask questions just to practice my most significant value that I hold very dear, which is just to be completely candid, to be fully transparent, because my struggles, my successes, were the exact as everybody who had come through here. So instead of something that does happen, which just pains me, is you know, you'll know you take a, a peer and all of these people, you, everybody that has come through my program is really my peer. We have the same skill set and you have many more years of experience than me. It doesn't make me better than you. I don't have more experience than you. You know, I don't know this more than you. We may know it differently, but we're sharing this community. And so leveraging this community that I was building as peers versus a hierarchical, like I'm coming in here, I'm teaching this because this is the law, this is the best way to do it. That was a big evolution, I would say between rounds two and like four, because that's when we started to bring on the experts. I I laid out the foundation and the syllabus of what we wanted, what I knew was important for the market that I was serving. And you know the frameworks that were coming natural to me, like that whole discovery, really, really getting that defined. But then it was like, oh, you know what? I don't have to be the expert in all of these areas because there's a Teresa who knows way more than me. There is you know, several other people who have expertise. Let's bring them in and showcase them. I'd love to do that. And at the same time, the student that is joining us not only gets me, but they also get another opinion. And I think I've always been really clear that this is not the ops Bible inside of the ops authority. This is one way. And we are very, very focused on making sure that you get to take these principles and you get to make them yours. You're going to have different experiences. You're going to have a different, you know, a different avatar than the people that I have worked with. And you're going to have different, there's just so much that can happen that I never wanted to make this like a, you're going to come in here. It's not a template. You can't come in here and buy a business in a box. We just don't do it. Right. And I love that too, because It's also, you've always made it very clear, it's not the Natalie Gingrich show. That is, you know, part of building this community. Like you're here and you're the leader in this, but you are so open to hearing what we have to say and how we want to use things and do things. Just in my journey, just since the DOO certification and two, and you were so open to feedback. I was shocked. I was so (laughs) pleasantly surprised by that. And talk about changes that were happening. I saw them between lessons, you know, and that was just so great to see someone who is like, I hear you, not just me, other people also, I hear you and I see what you're talking about and I see how we could all benefit from that. And just, I think that's why you've been able to grow the community that you have. You stay focused on what do you need? How can we help you do that? I think with it all, my journey since then, you know, I decided that I didn't want to be a DOO. You know, for me, I'd been doing things in that vein, definitely not to that level, but in that vein for several years. And it wasn't for me anymore. 
And then, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to do this group program, which I will do at some point. But I went ahead, put it together, you know, rolled it out, didn't have the audience for it. I'm very transparent about that. I got zero signups. <laughs> and I knew exactly why, though, because looking at my situation, I didn't have the audience because I'm coming where from a place where I'm serving four to five people. And now it's like, oh, I don't have yet the audience for this and that. And I, so I just rolled with it. I'm like, well, of course, you know, when you look at the data, the data doesn't lie. And so that was there. The program, the people that I had, you know, look at the program and, and go through kind of beta-ish with it, love it. And I know that it's all good information, but it's like, you know what, that wasn't it either. And I've just, now it's just the mentoring. I love working one-on-one with people. I love going deep. I thought I didn't like the one-on-one work, but it wasn't that. It was the one-on-one work in that It was capacity. the service work. Right. And it was this, the service work and the pressure that came with service work. And yeah, I can see that in you for sure. And for me at 61, and my mom lives nearby now and she's 80, this is like, I love that I have had the space where I can take that everything, there is not one wasted moment of being in that certification and that I can't use now, that I don't use now on a daily basis with my clients through my mentoring, Yeah, right? Being able to be a part of the DOO uh, certification when you, because that evolved the way that you were even rolling it out yeah. and being an advisor in that program and meeting and being able to work with these women were, it was incredible. So with all of that, you allow people to see the possibilities and it's not rigid. It has to be this, you have to do it this way. And you've been so good about that. And the knowledge that you bring to this and the team that you have built is incredible. So you go from four and as you start moving on, you say, okay, now it's time to build a team here. And again, as you're going through all these changes, I just want to point out the sustainability that's happening here. It's not like, oh, well, I didn't have six people sign up or 22. How You know, that is, and I, I know the numbers have grown as you've gone through this, but you know, a lot of people, what I see, and, and this is one of what I'm putting out to our listeners, is that just because the first time you don't make X money or, you know, whatever the goal was, or you don't have X number of people, whatever your metrics are for that, that doesn't mean it's a bad idea. It could be the marketing. There could be so many things, and it doesn't mean it's your idea or your program because I see people throw in the towel. Yeah. They just, it takes so much time and effort and they're just, and then they're on to the next thing. Like, well, I have to figure out the next thing. And it's not that sometimes it's the foundation of it. There's just so many things. So you tweaked as you went and then, you know, obviously you get to a point where, okay, it's, I have to bring on help. And how did you, when you hit that pivotal moment, how did that play out? Well, I always knew that the marketing part, I mean, I'm an operator, I'm a damn good operator. And I knew that that part was always going to be my strength. It is my zone. I am a natural COO. I am not a natural CEO. And so I was honest about that from the very beginning. But even outside of those two terms and titles, the marketing was always going to be hard for me. My marketing to that point had been 100% relationship. And it still is predominantly relationship today, by the way. And I consider our podcast a relationship metric because people, just like they're listening to you, they listen to me on a weekly basis and they get to know 
what I'm talking about. And I am vulnerable with showing up as my true self. So they feel like they know me. And so we're building a relationship, you know, at all times, at all levels, and and however we're doing that. But I recognized that I wasn't going to be able to scale as quickly if I didn't start using some other marketing. I don't love the word tactics, but the way that we're marketing this brand. And so that was really the biggest, the first big investment that we made was on the marketing side. And it it was a big gap that we had. And so it was an easy, yes, I need help there. And then as the delivery, the expectations that I had for myself on the delivery started to get greater and more. And I am always competitive with myself in how well we're delivering and what we can do to surprise and delight, like all of those things as I started to get kind of neurotic about them. I was like, oh, how can we better support the infrastructure so that I can, at this point, it's still me, but I wanted to be able to over deliver. And that's when we started to bring in some additional help in the operations space. And so it was about round six when we brought Alex in as an operations coordinator. And she started to take over a lot of the program logistics and you know, we were starting, we had just shifted, we had done like two cohorts a year up until that point until 2021, by the way. And then in 2021, the marketing started to come together, the brand was just had more stability. And we launched six times in 2021 and substantially grew our community. We certified 143 people in 2021, whereas in the past, we were certifying like 40. So Actually, 40 may have been a little high. We were probably looking, you know, 30 to 40 a year. So that's amazing. And again, a testament to what you're doing and what you bring to this because marketing is great. You know, we see a lot of marketing out there. And then you buy the thing and it's like, holy shit, what did I get myself into? Yeah. And everything else. This is one of the things that I find phenomenal about this program. And I talk to a lot of people, both before they take the program. And then I, once I talk with somebody, I like check back in with them. Yeah. Hey, how are you liking the program and all of that? Because I'm, you know, this is my community as well. These, you know, I want to make sure that they are happy. And if they, you know, sometimes people don't always speak up, just let them know, do that. And then obviously afterwards, and I have not heard one negative review of this program. And that blows my mind. That just blows my mind. I mean, not that I think I think there's nothing obviously to have a negative review about, but because you have so many different people and personalities from all different walks of life. And to not have that is something I think that a lot of people don't realize. It comes with a price, of course, but I'm most proud of our community. And I'm also probably equally proud of the way that we have built a team to be as passionate about the delivery is me. I don't care if we're serving 100 people or if we're serving a cohort of 10. We're all hands on deck with making sure that these people feel heard, feel seen. Because at the end of the day, our promise is that they're going to transform in their six months with us and they're going to be able to leverage the skills that come more natural. They're going to be able to put them into a package where they can enhance their career or they can enhance their business, whatever it is, whatever path that they're on. And so to be able to do that, Teresa, to really deliver on that, can't take a course. You can't always be in a group environment. You know, people are going to tell you, take your one-to-one and make it a group program. I did that. It was awesome. I loved it. But the real, real transformation came from those early cohorts when I was supporting people in a one-to-one capacity. You know, I, I would still have personal conversations with you, with all those people from one, two, three, even up into four. And then, you know, it just from 
you know, from a management perspective, it was harder and harder to do that because the volume was growing. And when we brought in coaches who could take that from the group, we still have a group component. We still have a course component. But to be able to have that one-to-one mentorship, if you're transforming people, it's not going to happen through a Thinkific platform. It just doesn't. It could. It's just harder. It takes a lot of self-motivation to do that. And I want it to be easy. And we have chosen to work with people who are excited to grow as a coach, to grow as a mentor to our community. And you know, I think the beauty is that they're getting the one-to-one support in addition to all the other things. And, and that's where the real magic happens. And you are, you're still very accessible. Like, it's not like just because you're not able to service and, you know, everyone for everything, you're still very accessible. And that's beautiful because there are a lot of programs who will bring in those people who do that. And it's just like, oh, no, don't bother her. Don't bother him, you know, whoever the course or program is. And you have also, one of the other great benefits of that is the people that you have brought in are not just mimicking you. They're not just repeating Natalie. You know, it is that they are truly invested in the program, in the people coming to the program. We really want to empower and embolden these women coming through the program to be the best that they can be in whatever way they want to be. Yeah. Being accessible is a great, Teresa, I I take that for granted because I think that that's the expectation of a leader of a community. And I know that that also doesn't happen very often. I have been in lots of programs, low dollar and extremely ridiculously high dollar, where the leader disappears. And just experiencing that, it just never feels good. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good to spend money when you feel like you're being tricked or bribed or whatever that feels like. And so, and I think that that's why people are so shocked. I think that when they come through here, of course, they get a great product. But at the same time, they're like, what? You'll actually do what you say you're going to do? And you do it deeper than you than you promote and market. <laughs> I'm like, that's what you do, but clearly that's I what didn't. you do. Well, it's, <laughs> it's what I would like. I mean, honestly, if if that's the ripple effect, the unintended beautiful consequence that comes out of truly caring about the things that you're bringing to market, what a great benefit! It is phenomenal. So, Alex, speaking of Alex, I remember when she came on, and oh my gosh. Like everybody needs an Alex. (laughs) She is so incredible and responsive and caring. You never get just a, okay. You know, you never get, okay, I'll pass it on. It's just Alex. You can tell that her depth of caring also. So as you went through this, because again, looking at that sustainability and the changes, let's talk about the mindset a little bit because you know, obviously systems have to change and deliverability, all that has to change as you grow and you're servicing more people. So in 2021, as you were coming through and you're looking at, okay, we've been doing two a year and now you're sitting and planning for 2021 and you see there, okay, we're going to do six. Like what was the mindset? What was your word of the year for that looking ahead other than, holy shit. Yeah. Emotionally, I was scared to death. Because I had really managed all of these launches by myself. I have always had, you know, someone on our team kind of in conjunction with me, but it was pretty much led by me, the actual launch part. So emotionally, I was really scared. I kind of doubted myself, but I still believed it was going to happen. 
But as I sat down to make that strategic plan of how we were really going to do this and not just saying, oh, we're going to set an arbitrary goal of six times a year and this is what the revenue is going to be generated. Like all of that sounded great, but how are we really going to do it? So we're plotting this out. I remember looking at that being like, wow, this is going to be incredible. I don't really know what's going to happen. It's going to be incredible if it does. And at the same time, like this wave and that, you know, you talk about the word of the year just kind of being dropped on your lap. Mine at that moment was like, whoa, you're Natalie, you're going to have to be an incredible leader in 2021 if you want this to play out the way to match the vision that you're casting for this year. And so I looked at leader and I was like, yep, that's it. And it sounds like, you know, that, that's a word I've kind of been obsessed with my whole life and just, you know, in my own self-discovery and managerial discovery, et cetera. But I was like, leader takes on a really big piece of me because now I'm leading in a different way than I was leading in those earlier cohorts, right? I am leading a team now. We're putting together full-time employees into this business that are joining me, like we've already discussed, to like really partner with me in a different capacity. It's not coming in to create graphics. They're actually representing my brand. <laughs> like they are forward facing. Their interactions mean as much as my interactions to our community. And so leading internally from the team's perspective, of course, leading our community of students and peers that have come through here, leading them, having them have a safe space is always important. And it takes real leadership to do that. And then the third piece, and and something I probably will never stop being passionate about, is being a leader to other CEOs. And when I say that, I want to make sure that they understand how to utilize my community. And it takes me getting in front of them, me being uncomfortable and getting in places where people may push back on me. It, It takes me getting in front of people who think really differently than me, who have different CEO skills than I do. And getting in front of them and educating them on what, what, how to use operators at any level. How do you use them? How are you going to grow your team? And again, that's where the hiring authority kind of weaves back into this because you know that has been, that's been the product of having those conversations. But leader up was the word, and it's it's probably going to stay my word this year. I still feel very, very much like it's in its infancy of how we're going to move forward. Even with the vision that we have for 2022, it's big, Teresa. It's scary. But if leadership doesn't remain the biggest part of me, it won't happen in the way that we want it to. And leadership, that is such a huge thing that we don't always think about. You know, I think as business owners, many times we're thinking about, okay, this is the program or this is, these are my services and we need to market and we need to, and we're thinking about all the technical things that need to happen, that we really don't stop to think about that. And as a business owner, as a CEO, yes, it's our vision. And yes, we want people to bring it to life. But that leadership is sometimes just like, well, of course, since I'm the CEO, of course, I'm leading this. And we don't really give it enough thought. Because I think, you know, one of the aspects you just talked about, I think is huge in this space, because in the online space, it's still you know, I've been out here 13 years, October, no, September was 13 years. And dinosaur that I am, it's still a lot like the wild, wild west out here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So to have someone like you stepping up for the community and helping people understand what we do, it can look different depending on the business. You know, the fundamentals are there and everything else, but how best to utilize this community, 
I think is so incredible. It's, it's a missing piece in a lot of places, you know, whether it's social media management, you know, whatever people come to, I did a podcast episode in December, the beginning of December on professional titles, truth that I see about it. And it's that people come to, when they hear a title, they bring their history or their view to it, and they don't always understand what it is, right? But I remember, you know, I just see people who are like, oh, well, an OBM is like VA on steroids, you know, or a social media person, you know, there's different, is a social media manager, like, what are they doing? Well, they're just going to come and they're going to just make me visible and it's all going to be a piece of cake, right? And there's so many different layers to it. So I love and appreciate so much that you are out there educating CEOs in this online space as how best to utilize the people in your community for their skills and everything else. So as you're moving now into 2022, and this has grown to what it is, like, do you do your five-year and 10-year goals or, you know, vision? Yeah, sure. Yep. I, I'm actually, I'm going to be very honest. I, I can get to about five years. It's been very difficult for me. And again, you can look back at my Colby, but I don't have the ability to dream really, really big. And so when I was first starting this, I could see myself like in a year from now. As time has gone on, I could see myself three years and I'm about to being able to see what the ops authority can look like in five years. 10 years just feels like way too far for me because the way my brain is wired I can set that vision and I immediately start breaking it down into what I'm going to, you know, I know that I'm going to have a book out in 2023 and I'm not one of those people, Teresa, you're completely different than me. But if you were like passionate about a book or a podcast or whatever it is, you would make that happen this year. Like for me, it's like, oh, I'm going to have to, like, I know the method to my madness. I'm already creating a, even if it's in my head, I'm creating like a project plan for achieving whatever that looks like. And so it's, it's, it slows me down. It's a much more methodical process. I think that that's been the limitation of seeing a vision like 10, 20 years down the road. But yeah, of course, I'm really clear and confident in the five-year vision that we have for ourselves. I, I feel really good about it. I think you brought up a very good point that you probably don't even realize. But even you know, as this has grown, our ability to look ahead has grown. Like you said, like in the beginning, I could see a year ahead and things like that. And I think a lot of times too, because of, you know, all the stuff that we hear and read, we think, well, if I can't get a three-year, five-year, 10-year view of it, it must not be the thing or my thing. But all of this is going to grow. You know, I've said for years and years, the confidence comes in the doing. And so I want to encourage anyone out there to look at whatever you're doing. And if you're ready to throw in the towel, step back, just step back for a minute and listen through this podcast. And if you have to listen through a second time and just understand there are phases and that you too can do this. Natalie, you've been online six years now, you said. Correct. And it's just a journey. It's just a journey. And so, I mean, maybe it is time to throw in that program. Believe me, I've had some things that definitely needed to be thrown in, right? It's like, okay, that was not the thing. But truly, before you do, step back and don't just measure it on the number of people that you brought in or any amount of money, the amount of people, but on the impact that it's going to make. Even if you did a beta, do another beta, you know, tweak it. Because this may very well be your thing. 
aren't they all kind of betas? I'm just going to say, <laughs> like, it's always a beta. This is not a textbook. Like, this is all a beta. <laughs> right. But, Every time it's like, oh, wow, that really, I could really have done that a little bit better. Yeah. So, Natalie, thank you for being here. Thank you for being so transparent, as always, just to share your journey in this. And I cannot wait to see what 2022 brings for the Ops Authority, the Director of Operations Certification. We're going to put all your links in the show notes. You have a new cohort starting in February. You're going to start in Scope Creep. We'll put the link to that. It's a great week that you spend with people just talking about scope creep because anybody who's done this for a little bit of time knows that it happens. Right. So I'll put that in there. And I can't wait to see what this brings to the community, to the world, and you know, all of our online CEOs that we're able to support in the way that we each can. Yeah. I'm really excited for 2022. Not just for me, but for everybody. I really feel like in this space of being a service provider, that we're all elevating. And I hope that my community has been instrumental in taking us to the next level and being that differentiator and really coming in with the support that companies, leaders, businesses desire. And it fits the way that you want to serve people too. So I'm excited for all of us for 2022. And I, I Definitely am excited for my own business, but I see that having a big trickle, uh, a ripple effect on on everybody. Absolutely. And the Ops Authority podcast is not on your listen list. Definitely check it out. And while you, de- you share things, you know, for operators and things like that, but it's good business too. And as a CEO, there's a lot of good information there that you you'll hear something that say, you say, Oh, I want to start doing that in my business. <laughs> so lots of great information. I, I just had a leader, a friend of mine reach out and she's like, would you just every time you record an episode, would you record it like two times, one for an operator and one for a CEO? Oh, sweetie, if I only had the time. <laughs> 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 but yes, it's you could use it. You just have to look at it through the vein that you need it from. And sometimes it's as an operator, the same person can listen to it, you know, what as you running your business or as you helping to serve other people in their businesses. Right, because we operators are business owners. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, Many of us. Yep. Thank you, my friend. Yes. And I am wishing you just the most beautiful 2022 with adventures that blow your hair back. I love it. You too, Teresa. We're both gonna do big things this year. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Growth Strategies Cafe podcast. If it resonated with you, be sure to share it on Facebook and tag me to let me know how you're using this info to grow your online business. And of course, you're always welcome in our free Facebook community. And you can get there by going to growthstrategiescafe.com forward slash Facebook. Hey, while you're at it, go ahead and invite a friend. We'd love to have you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.